You heard you could save big when you bundle home an auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. Good ready this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot, a lot has happened this past week. There's always a lot that goes on, but this past week, especially, a lot has been going on. It's even outside of the world of tech, especially. Major radio hosts passing away. And then the entire situation down in Texas, which just raises so, so many questions. And really also is, as terrible as it sounds, a huge lesson in being prepared. Texas literally, not figuratively, but literally saw... Nearly exactly the same conditions as we did here in Wisconsin. Here in Wisconsin, we complained about the cold and moved on with our lives. Some of us that had growing roof problems are are having that be exposed as feet of snow build up on flat roofs and whatnot. But for the most part, Life moved on. We griped about it because that's what we do here in Wisconsin. The instant that there's more than an inch of snow on it, half of the state complains. And the other half goes, well, that's Wisconsin. And the other half, then the first half goes, yeah, you right. That's how we deal with it. Texas, however, because they are not used to it, because they have no idea how to handle such low temperatures, how to handle everything being coated in ice, how to handle this much snow. None of the roads ended up getting salted, which is common practice in states where it's normally handled. So therefore wrecks happened everywhere. Supplies couldn't get through. The fact that the utility grid was not put underground pipes bursted damage happened to other above ground pipes that prevented natural gas being delivered to homes it was disaster compounded on disaster and then on top of that the houses are just apparently so poorly insulated that pipes just bursted in the homes which correct me if I'm wrong but wouldn't you in a hot state like Texas want good insulation to keep the heat out so your air conditioning works more efficiently? The 
the entire situation at Texas, although a disaster, and I do feel bad for them, does show the importance in the philosophy of hoping for the best, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, no, hire it right, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. But it never gets told in Texas. Well, it did now. You had a freak cold snap caused by, by a polar vortex, and here you are. I'm not sure if the temps that Texas raised were, in fact, record lows or not. Far too many places were just covering the devastation rather than long-term how things have been down there. But then at the same time, you know, far too many other outlets were focused on other matters, some of which are completely unrelated to tech. This also isn't related to tech. I just felt like talking about because this has been driving me nucking futz all week. All week this has been driving me nuts. And part of it is because the half of my brain that goes, what? We went through it. Why can't you? And of course, that half of my brain didn't want to listen at the other at, at the time to the other half that said, They just weren't ready for it. But that's the point. And then, of course, everyone wants to point fingers at the the right here, right now. There's nothing anyone could have done two weeks before this happened, when there was any chance of being able to predict this, of preparing for this. This was a failure of years decades of the infrastructure in Texas where they just assumed and eh, nothing like that's going to happen ever. In fact, that, that, that sound you just heard, I just heard it picked up on my mic was my weather app. Probably giving a story about how things are awful in Texas. Oh no. It was just warning me that more snow is coming because I live in Wisconsin. What are the odds? Snow in Wisconsin. It's almost as inevitable as the sun setting. How much are we expecting? Any, Anyway, do I actually need to be worried about... Uh, apparently not. No, like, advisories or anything have been issued. Less than one inch. In Texas, less than one inch would be a state emergency here. To that. Do you think I should actually actually start the show instead of just rambling about about how everyone's feeling sorry for Texas and I'm just sit, sitting here going like, you know, maybe you should prep ahead better. Just maybe. Don't get me wrong though, I still I do feel bad for the overwhelming majority of people down in Texas. That is not their fault. It's not their fault that their public works department absolutely and completely and utterly failed to prepare for any kind of freeze. It's not the people's fault that no one knew how to put rock salt down on the highways. It is some of their fault that 
they took their big pickup trucks and whatever and decided to floor it while on black ice. At the same time, they may not know, but not at the on the other that that's the other thing that actually like blew me away. The sheer number of people down in Texas with big four-wheel drive full-size pickup trucks. They have every single tool at their disposal except for snow tires to be able to handle winter driving and they crash it. What the heck? What the actual heck? Uh... Fanciest pickup truck in all the lands. Slides out on ice because they decided floor it. There's an old saying. It's called steady as she goes. All right, let's actually start the podcast, shall we? Canada is in the news, vowing to be the next country That's going to make sites like Facebook pay for their users having the audacity to share news. No, I did not spin this sort of title in any way, shape, or form to make it sound dumber than it actually is. That is exactly what they're doing, though they are trying their best to phrase it as a move for the people. But yeah, you're right. Someone in the chat already nailed this. They're mimicking the exact same thing that Australia's doing that everyone is looking at Australia going, bruh, what is wrong with you? You know what the best part is about all this? Because everyone can't get it out of their head that Facebook is always the villain. Everyone's pointing fingers at Facebook and going, oh, you're 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 scheming your way out of a thing now, aren't you? Because guess what? You know what Facebook did in Australia? They banned the ability for people to share news. In Australia, you cannot post links on Facebook in Australia. Guess what? If Canada does this too, the same thing's going to follow. Which, by the way, I hate to break it to you, limiting the, the, the spreading of news or any kind of information is bad. The whole point... Well, not the whole point, but one of the most important points of the internet is the fact that we can freely spread information. Now, some can argue that, yes, but that means that bad information, misinformation, can also be spread around just as easily. But, you know, let let me tell you a secret. 
Did you know? Did you know that you can, in fact, read two articles with two radically, radically different points of view? Look them over in detail yourself. And come to a conclusion as to which one seems more believable nine times out of ten. It is, in fact, the article that shows facts and statements rather than the article that says that Facebook is being terrible for not wanting to pay money. I'm just saying nine times out of 10, you look at the article that is based solely in the opinions and emotions of the journalist and as a big pile of insert your own creative noun here. So no, Canada, you're being dumb. And the fact that more countries are willing to follow the course of Australia and charging search engines and social media outlets for having the audacity to let their users share information. Because that's what this all boils down to. It is still the sharing of information. You can say all you want that, well, Facebook puts a small snippet of the article in the thing, or Facebook puts puts the headline in, and that gives the whole thing away, and this, that, and the other thing, and it's hurting our, our, our click-through rate, and oh, this, and that, and the other thing. Here's a thought. Maybe, just maybe, you should follow Journalism 101. The whole point of the headline is to grab attention, drag the reader in to read the rest of the article. And then while we're on the topic, maybe, just maybe, your article should be more than two paragraphs. I cannot even begin to talk about how many of these articles are just super short. Heck, the one I have here from Reuters as my notes for Canada vowing to be the next country to make Facebook pay for news. It says off the bat, it's a four minute read. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh, wow. It actually is actually a significant amount. It actually is a decent amount. But I see plenty of these. It's four paragraphs. Four. Well, Facebook put a summary that was like one, one of our four paragraphs. There's 20 frames in the article. Maybe you should have more info. Maybe you should actually research. Someone in chat says, Australia has wondered why Facebook is posting less information about brush fires, the pandemic, and and hints at articles about from official accounts. The thing is, is that Facebook is not a news curator. They're not. They want to pretend they are. They want to try and twist and manipulate the information that's that's put out there by giving a certain amount of traffic to certain articles. But in the end, they still need the users of Facebook to post 
articles. Now, if Facebook wants to go ahead and make the news sections where they actually have their own curators, because I know they haven't talked about this. I still actually don't know if they put this into effect or not. If they want to have that be regulated in some way, shape, or form, like say, oh, I don't know, being under the same uh, regulations that normal journalistic outlets are put under, I'm fine with that. I know Facebook has tried tried to pull th- pull that string quite a few times. I am a okay with that, but the fact of the matter is, Australia and Canada both want to go ahead and play this game where. Everything, all links, all links to news articles must be taxed. And that is just straight up stifling information. If Australia and Canada want to go ahead and put this, this shadow over saying, oh, well, Facebook is saying less information about what, what's urgent, other things about, about th- this sort of thing. Well, okay, fine. You can go ahead and claim that, but what you're doing is far, far worse. By without a without a doubt, and I hope that uh, Canada decides to stop sipping the Kool Aid that they're drinking right now. And I really do hope that Australia also stops drinking that Kool Aid. I don't believe either one of them have passed any sort of reg- legislation yet. Australia has been contemplating and threatening it for a while. I don't believe they've done it yet. But yeah, over in Australia, as I mentioned before and forgot I had this note in to talk about it, uh, Facebook has in fact already stopped and prevented people from sharing any news links because of the link text that's being put in. ABC in Australia has put out this statement. ABC News is Australia's number one digital news service and the nation's most trusted news outlet. Let me interject. Well, if that's the case, then people just go straight to you for their news, right? Right? The statement continues. The ABC's digital news service will always remain free and accessible to all Australians on the ABC website via the ABC News. Oh, okay. Well, providing independent and reliable news, information, and analysis. Despite key issues such such as COVID, such as the COVID nineteen pandemic having ongoing effects on all on all Australians and literally the rest of the world, Facebook has today 
removed important and credible news and information sources from its Australian platform. We will continue our discussions with Facebook today following this development. Hey, Mr. News Outlet, do you know why they've done that? Do you think in the news there might have been any sort of reason why Facebook might have done that? Hmm. Yeah, this is just Facebook's decision. It definitely wasn't instigated by any sort of link tax, was it? And don't get me wrong, I am no fan of Facebook. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Longtime listeners of this podcast will know that I rip on Facebook anytime they do anything mind blowingly stupid. Like, say, leak all the information in the world to everyone on a weekly basis. But holy cow, this demonizing of Facebook for making a response to avoid being taxed for their users doing something. Are we just incapable of connecting the last dot? I'm just saying. Also, I I love the fact that uh Oh, no, never mind. I was about to rant on like the first reply to to that post being unrelated to the issue. But uh, I see where they're going, so I'm not. I'm just going to ignore that. Um. So yeah, what are the odds? Incredibly closed-minded legislation has widespreading effects because we didn't think it through. We have another fun story later on regarding. Federal legislation having some of the dumbest effects. Yeah, yeah, the BlizzCon. Yeah, you 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 already know. We've got that story coming up. But then of course we then go on to other news articles, such as the treasurer says Facebook has damaged its reputation with the Australian news ban. Are we incapable of collecting dots? How many times can I say, can you connect the dots? I don't know whether it's intentional or just plain trying to spin a narrative going on here, but holy cow. Holy freaking cow. Yes, Facebook has damaged its reputation by banning Australian news. Maybe, just maybe, the government damaged Facebook by trying to make it so that 
Facebook has to pay the government because their users decide to spread a link. Uh, boy, this is going to get interesting, isn't it? The news organization, news organizations of the world are just, all, all I can do in this is just shake my head. Just shake my head. Oh, and meanwhile... Uh, Facebook and Google are also, man, I put these all in the wrong order. Jesus. Google is also getting ready to have to open its wallet as uh, this link tax is going ahead. And it's just, it's just going to happen. Well. All, all I can do is, uh, I hope Australians are ready to use Bing for everything. And until Bing can realize, you know what, link taxes are dumb and then pulls out there and then literally not fairly, but literally Australia has no search engines available to them whatsoever. Maybe at that point, the rest of the world's going to go, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, maybe link taxes were a really, really dumb idea. Chat's also talking about how how many of these uh how many of these other cert how many of these other news websites have uh paywalls and then gripe and complain when their viewership goes down. I mean there is that. Here's actually something I don't get for a lot of these news outlets. I get it for like some of the smaller ones, the blog styles, like, uh, I actually can't think of anything, but, but like a lot of these that are like, this is our news website. It's not hard to get a webcam, a decent USB mic and OBS. You can just make videos on it. It's not going to be the same quality as, say, like, ABC News on the actual uh, over the air and other things that have big TV studios. But let's be honest, in this day and age, you can get away with an excellent production on the cheap. You want something you can throw ads in and make it so you don't have to put up a paywall to block your your written ones. Just do that. You don't even need the cam. Just the mic. And then you can decide whether to just go audio-only podcasts like I have or 
show video and throw graphics up. Wow. What are the odds? Improving the quality of her content to draw more people in. What a novel idea. But no, heaven forbid we innovate our formats. It's that kind of inability to innovate that's just going to end up being their absolute downfall. In the meantime, though, uh, Facebook is making a smartwatch that's going to compete with the Apple Watch. I have no words. The English language is incapable of me expressing the amount of frustration I have for this concept. Facebook making a smartwatch. You know what I need? I need a spy. I need a spy strapped to my wrist at all times so that Facebook can monitor what my heart rate is at all times and my blood sugar so that they can go ahead and leak that information to the world before they have the ability to sell that information. If if Facebook actually does make this watch and anyone buys it, you abs I I don't care how frowned upon it is in society. You absolutely should point at them and laugh at them. Or at the very least going go, "Hey, do you know what Facebook does with everything that you post on their website?" And now you are we- wearing a monitoring bracelet that spies on you. I mean, that's how it should be. It should be called the Facebook monitoring bracelet. I really do hope that that this fails. I really, really do. The concept of Facebook-focused smartphones failed. I really hope a Facebook watch also fails. Actually, you know what needs to happen? Google needs to come out with a real smartwatch before Facebook can get theirs out. So that there is a 0% chance that Facebook's can come out and take second place. Because right now, the second place is this, what I'm wearing right now, the Samsung watch. And the problem with the Samsung watch is that it only works with Samsung devices. And even then, it works poorly. I cannot tell you how many times this watch, despite the fact that it says it will go into low-powered sleep mode overnight. It doesn't, and I wake up, and the battery is almost dead. Google, you need, and I mean need, to get watchOS working. Wait, no. No, wait. The Apple Watch one is called watchOS. What was Android's called? Android Wear. They need to get Android Wear working. It absolutely needs to happen. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have some Apple news, including, well, Apple versus Epic Games is escalating once again, and Apple's fancy new Macs, their new future is 
already hacked. Wee! We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. A bit of an audio glitch there. We got two Eagle screeches in there, but I digress. That doesn't matter. What does matter is uh, Facebook and Apple both are uh, getting a little upset at each other. While Facebook on one side is facing governmental bodies trying to absolutely ruin the foundation of the internet that is the sharing of information apple is hurting facebook where it where it hurts the most and this is an area i actually support for those who are unaware apple in their latest ios update is including the feature to allow you the user to decide whether your information is being collected and tracked or not. Apple is basically giving their users the right to not be stalked by companies. Facebook being a company that thrives on the ability to harvest information and use that information to sell you ads needs this feature to stay in place. And well, this whole thing pretty much escalates now as Facebook saying is saying that we need to inflict pain on Apple, which may in fact be the reason why Facebook is trying to develop an Apple Watch killer. Thinking that this is an area that they can hurt Apple. Chat wants to know, will... The Apple banning tracking feature exempt Apple. Considering the fact that Apple has gone out of their way to constantly over and over and over and over and over and over again say that they are not collecting any of your information to track privacy, that has been Apple's MO for the past five years, I would say. 
that the iPhone is the privacy smartphone. And as someone who has gone back and forth between the two platforms, I can say it is a world of difference. The iPhone feels kind of dumber because it doesn't track nearly as much. But on Android, it is almost creepy when you get a new phone. The amount of times it goes, hey, do you want to review that that, uh, grocery store you just walked out of? It is definitely a different feel going between the two. And it is specifically for that reason that I don't rip on iPhone versus Android because I definitely do see the appeal of both. Now, Chromebook users, on the other hand, I don't get you. I do, but I don't. There's just better ways to do what you're doing on a Chromebook. I'm just saying, but... We'll get to that later. Anyway, Facebook and Apple are now to the point where they're openly saying they need to inflict pain upon each other. Okay, you do that. Let's see how well this this goes for you. I'm telling you, Facebook... Facebook's business model is clearly getting uh, hurt. It is getting hurt with everything going on. And I'll tell you what, they are not trying to adapt to new circumstances gracefully. Rather than trying to find new ways to innovate themselves, they are just going to flail and complain everywhere. Meanwhile, over in the Apple world, uh, Apple is certainly is now currently finding themselves in a very Intel situation. So let's backtrack a little bit here. Not too long ago, although it also feels like forever ago, a lot of hardware vulnerabilities were found on Intel processors. Most notably, the first one was called Meltdown. And then a whole bunch of other ones came out that had quirky little names and and that, like cash out and whatnot, that specifically targeted the hardware of the Intel processor to commit data stealing attacks. And also ways to inject code onto a machine that bypasses the software by using the hardware built into Intel chips. That's basically the very layman's way of looking at it. Well, now there are two distinct strands of malware that now exist on Apple's new M1 processor. Remember back in the day when you had the, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC guy, and one of the biggest pushes that Apple had in their Macs was that Macs don't get viruses. Our operating system is rock solid. Macs don't get viruses. They just don't get viruses. They don't ever, ever get viruses. 
Now you have two strains of malware specifically targeting your hardware. Good job. Good job, Apple. You have now become Intel. Bravo. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. So have fun with that one, uh, Apple. Uh, good. Have fun having to gimp your CPUs now three months down the road. And all those benefits just suddenly gone. As we start transitioning into this world where everyone and their mother now wants to make their own CPU, because that's what we're very quickly seeing. Microsoft wants to make their own ARM CPU. Google wants to make their own ARM CPU. Apple already is making their own ARM CPUs. Literally everyone wants to make their own own CPUs. It's going to eventually come down to how many vulnerabilities can we find in these things? Because let's be honest, everyone isn't good at it. Intel is really good at making CPUs. Their CPUs have been rock solid for years. AMD is good at making CPUs. They are really good at making CPUs now. Of course, I say that now vulnerabilities have been found. But is this now going to be a a race to find vulnerabilities in every single manufacturer and just going, well, I want to go with Samsung, but the Microsoft phone using the Microsoft processor doesn't have the RAM vulnerability in it. It instead has the CPU vulnerability in it. Maybe I'll just go with that instead. It's all going to start coming down to a point of going with the least popular device because the fewest number of vulnerabilities have been found, which then doesn't help with all of this when all of a sudden, oh, hey, by the way, in the commercial sector, we found this, that, and the other thing. I want to clarify one thing. Uh, we are talking about the ARM architecture right now. Uh, someone in chat said we need a new architecture that isn't any of this x86 stuff. The only two CPUs that are x86 that actually matter is AMD and Intel's processors. Everyone else is running on a ARM architecture as opposed to an x86 architecture. So this already is a different architecture. And it already is proving to be just as vulnerable as x86 and, in a lot of ways, not as powerful. ARM just isn't there yet. Although, Apple did prove they got close. They got really close. But this is going to be a very interesting one to keep tabs on, to say the least. Oh, and by the way, here's a fun one for you that's really just kind of a kidney shot to uh, Mac OS. The major desktop operating systems, 80.5% are Windows-based. Mac OS 
has fallen out of second place, replaced by Chrome OS. Chrome OS now makes up 10.8% of all desktops. Mac OS takes up 7.5% of all desktops. And then 1.2% are SteamOS systems, and nobody uses Linux ever. How much hate email do you think I'm going to get from the Linux users now? Hey, Linux users, please send your hate mail to... Uh, whose email do I hate? Um, I'm kidding. If you actually have things, say eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. Um, this isn't really so much a surprise. Here's what this does say. First off, this shows almost no one is hopping on board macOS right now. They are waiting for all the Apple Silicon Macs to come out, which is a wise decision. But you want to know why Chrome OS overtook macOS? It has nothing to do with Mac Silicon. It has to do with one thing and one thing only. The virus. Straight up. It basically boils down to this. All right. The pandemic hits. Every single school shuts down. And will only go via Skype conference, Zoom meetings, whatever you want to call them. That's the only way they go ahead and perform their classes. Now every single student needs a laptop. Every single student. All right. For the record, though, uh, the title here on this Ars Technica article that says is the second most popular desktop operating system they are including laptop operating systems in this because no one makes chrome os desktops literally no one if this literally was just desktops this would be stunning absolutely stunning but yeah back to the point When the pandemic hits, every student needs a laptop. And by the way, when the pandemic hit, there was a massive, underlying, massive shortage of laptops. Both in the new and used market. The new market price of the laptop started going up and up and up and up. Because the supply was draining very, very quickly. And pretty much all they had were the Chromebooks. That's all that was left because, well... Those were cheap and easy to make. And then on top of that, schools at the same time go on a every other year leasing cycle of their Chromebooks. Chromebooks are absurdly popular in the school space. Because simply it means they don't have to have an IT staff to actually maintain computers properly. Because Chrome OS is a very, very dumb operating system. It just doesn't need to be maintained 
because there's nothing that's stored on the bloody thing because it's just because the entire operating system is just a web browser. That's it. That's the beauty of Chrome OS. It's a dumb computer. Do you have any idea how many used Chromebooks are out there? Tons. Literally tons. It's to the point when when these come off lease, you can find used surplus places selling thousands of Chromebooks. It is stunning. To see, I have witnessed pallets upon pallets upon pallets of Chromebooks because the school's lease was up. And it's a shame because, well, it's a Chromebook. It's basically e-waste. That's freaking it. But you know what? All of a sudden, little Billy needs to go ahead and go to school. You can't get a laptop. You know what? All of a sudden, that $40 Chromebook on eBay seems really attractive because guess what? It can fire up Zoom. It has a webcam. You're set. But that's just it. Once the things are over, and we find another way to actually go to school, whether it be actually physically in the classroom once again, or another solution that is online. And that's the other thing. Teachers right now are so reluctant to go back to the classroom. I wonder how long it is until someone finds a way to create an online curriculum that works well with students and basically makes the teachers the, the teacher's job completely obsolete cuz the virtual schooling via zoom is clearly nowhere near as effective as in the classroom it's not even close and this whole thing of seeing the zoom schooling not work it is putting more of a demand for someone out there to make a make a virtual curriculum system that just makes teachers just a thing of the past it is just a matter of time unless they find a way to hold school actually in the building safely once again let that be the wonderful tech war going on some of the chat says what if they just whip up an AI uh, powered teacher The first thing that pops in my head, and I know this is, this is quite possibly one of the one of the most unpopular Star Trek series, 
there's one one of the one of the early Star Trek Star Trek series. It's called Star Trek Voyager. And on that ship, their doctor was killed. And they literally have a hologram during the entire season that just comes up and replaces the doctor. Just imagine if someone whips that up for the teacher. Just wait until they whip up enough holograms to replace us all. Soon we will all be holograms. Anyway, we couldn't be any more off track. But this is the main reason why Chrome OS has overtook macOS. It's not because macOS is a failure. It's because the conditions of the virus has in fact forced everyone to use literally anything they get their hands on for as little as possible, seeing as how $600 laptops started costing $1,200. And the used market being absolutely bone dry for the longest time didn't help anything at all. Chat is saying, don't worry, you never get off topic at all. Well, why don't we get take a break here, get back on track when we come back. Holy cow, we have a lot to talk about. Plenty more involving the Mac o- or Apple versus Epic Games. My Echo going off trying to detect something as well as NVIDIA saying that it's helping the gamers while doing absolutely nothing to help anyone except their own bloody pockets. The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with the ring-tailed lemur from Progressive or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Nissan. We have been talking about this rumor for a long, long time. Nissan working with Apple to make the Apple car. Well, it turns out there, in fact, was a deal between them, according to a report. And, in fact, it is being completely shot down because here's where it came down to apple wanted nissan to manufacture an apple designed car nissan thought that apple wanted to integrate apple technology into a nissan car when in fact apple wanted their name and everything to be on it and not it to be a Nissan branded car. Basically, Apple wanted Nissan to become the Foxconn of cars. 
for those who are unaware, Foxconn is a Chinese manufacturer that tried to get a foothold in the U.S., but uh, for a number of reasons didn't. That's still something I'm still trying to get all the facts on because one thing or another, God. Get an accurate information about what happened with Foxconn in Wisconsin is just a nightmare. Far too many people wanted that to fail, but I digress. Foxconn, despite not having their name on anything, makes almost everything. They are basically a subcontractor of electronics manufacturing. Foxconn, in fact, makes a lot of Apple products. But Foxconn's name is not on any of it. That's what effectively effectively happened to Nissan. Nissan would have made... Wait a minute, I'm mixing up car manufacturers. Is this the first time we've actually heard of Nissan and Apple working together? I'm could because I just remembered all the other ones we were talking about was Honda and Apple working together. No, Hyundai. Not Honda. Hyundai and Apple were working together. So no, this isn't the death of the Apple car. It just means that Nissan potentially turned down Apple. All these, all the car manufacturers that aren't like the big three just fall into the other category. Not even the big three. I'd say like what? The big six, seven. There's like a handful that you always remember. Ford. GM, which would be GMC or Chevy, Dodge, Frig, is that it? Other than, like, the obscure, like, exotic car manufacturers? So, regardless, yeah, what someone in the chat pretty much just says, this just basically means that the NDA that Nissan had in this has just expired. And now they're finally coming forward about it. Or someone is anyway. Or maybe it hasn't. Remember, this is just a report saying this. But this doesn't necessarily mean that the Apple car is dead. Which is what I had it say in my show notes, because late last night, I confused Nissan and Hyundai. Whoops. So there still could be an Apple car. We'll see how this goes, though. Hyundai still seems like the ideal one to be Apple's Foxconn for cars. So Hyundai just really doesn't, like, make anything of real note. Hyundai just doesn't have, like, that that iconic car. Like, Ford has the F-150. And Chevy has the Silverado. And Chevy has the... Wait, what is the Chevy uh, sports car? It's not the Corvette, is it? The Camaro. There we go. Thank you, Chad. The Chevy Camaro. Ford's got the Mustang. Dodge has the Challenger. 
Hyundai has the Yeah. Okay, yes, te- technically chat's right. That's muscle car, not technically a sports car. Although at the rate that uh, cars in the U.S. are going, it's just going to be the car. There's going to be no other car other than muscle cars and the Tesla Model 3. That's it. Those are going to be the only actual cars. Everything else is going to be an SUV or a truck of some kind. Even though an SUV is a truck. That being said, though, what's also passing off for an SUV is becoming very, very sad. I have joked with uh, some of my coworkers. There's been a running gag on some of the really, really old uh, Top Gear shows for a European vehicle called the Dacia Sandero. And it was just like the, the most nothing little mini SUV crossover that ever existed, the Dacia Sandero. And we constantly wondered, like, what is the equivalent of the Dacia Sandero in the U.S.? Holy cow, freaking car manufacturers now here in the U.S. are trying to make the Dacia Sandero. Ford has, like, the EcoSport, which is just, like, this nothing four-seater SUV that might as well be a car. It almost looks like the smart car except they just pumped too much air into it. Chevy has the Spark, which might as well be the Dacia Sandero, the most nothing anything ever. Maybe I should get back to the point. Someone else in chat says the Reliant Robin EV. Well, the thing is that that's an electric vehicle. The instant's electric vehicle, it starts becoming a different class. Because now all of a sudden, it's no longer the basic, generic, nothing vehicle. It's an electric vehicle, and now it is exotic. It's kind of like how the Nissan Leaf is like the most fugly thing that ever existed. But it's electric, so all of a sudden, it's something. I am actually legitimately curious how well some of the older EVs actually run now that they've actually got like 100,000 miles on them. Mac Minis with the M1 processor are already being discounted. Already with almost 15% off, retailers are try- are are now trying to move these bloody Mac Minis out. In a world where everyone cannot keep any of the electronic in stock, the Mac Mini with the M1 is freaking everywhere. Is this why there's a chip shortage? Apple, are you the reason why we don't have a have GPUs? Did you did you manage to get freaking TSMC to just mass produce M1s to the point where you have a surplus and no one else can now make anything. This chip shortage, by the way, is getting really bad. I believe we even talked about it last week. 
about how car manufacturers don't even have chips for their own vehicles because the chip shortage is getting so bad. But hey, Mac Minis, 15% off. Uh, uh, you can go ahead and play something on them. Probably WoW and nothing else. Speaking of playing games, Apple wanted Valve to hand over a bunch of Steam info for its fight against Epic Games. I'm sorry, what? For those who don't know, Valve is the, basically the only thing Valve does now is they run Steam, which is the de facto platform for downloadable games on PCs. Now, on PCs, you also have the Epic Game Store, which has done everything that's power to piss off everyone. Oh, here's a fun little Epic Game story for you. Completely out of nowhere. Um, for the longest time, Square Enix has the Kingdom Hearts franchise, and people have wanted that on the PC for the longest time. Well... You can finally get it. As an Epic Game Store exclusive, you can get the entire or the overall majority of every single Kingdom Hearts game for PC on the Epic Game Store for roughly four times the price than you could get it on the PS5. For one disc on the PS5, you can get every Kingdom Hearts game. It's on one disc. But that same package doesn't exist on the Epic Game Store. You have to buy them separately, and it ends up coming to about four times what it is. Don't quote me on this. I don't have the information in front of me. But I remember coming across this when I was going there, and I deemed we had too many stories. We're freaking an hour into this podcast, and I haven't even, and I've gotten through a third of what I have. But in any case, uh, Apple wanted valve to hand over a bunch of steam info for its fight against epic games and valve was just like no that is disgusting absolutely not go ahead and facebook someone else good sir it's it's kind of ridiculous the amount of information that apple wanted from valve including things like total yearly sales of apps and in-app products And, well, it was a complete, and another one was a complete list of every app on Steam and the years it was available. It it was just, you know, basically, Apple wanted to audit all of Steam for its fight against Apple for Epic Games. Uh, Apple responded with, Go away. You're not my dad. And on top of that, the whole case is in regards to monopolistic behavior on platforms you own. On PC, you have a choice. You can choose whether to or not have Steam on your system. You can choose whether to get your games through the Windows App Store, which is absolutely atrocious and you shouldn't do that. You can choose to join the dark side and get them on Origin or on the Epic Game Store. You have a choice on PC. 
on the Apple on the Apple Store. You have no choice, and that is the sole point of the case. <sighs> yeah, a- Apple deserved to get yelled at by Valve. Meanwhile, in North Dakota. The North Dakota Senate has shot down an App Store bill that would have destroyed the iPhone. Apparently, this bill, which turned out later on was being uh, backed by Epic Games, uh, decided that uh, we're just going to go ahead and uh, we're going to make it so that, at least in North Dakota, you are required to allow additional stores on your platform. Yeah, the Senate said, yeah, that's, that's, no, we're not doing that. That's silly. You're silly. A a cell phone platform that is, by the way, global. I don't think it's really the state of North Dakota's place to, uh, to declare that that sort of thing should be a thing. And North Dakota is 100% correct. That is, at the very least, a federal matter. But, you know, at least uh, Epic is going to go ahead and take their ad store fight over to Europe as well. I'm pretty sure I've heard this headline before, but they're doing it. They're going to do it. It's going to come over to Europe at some point. They pro- they're going to have a better chance in Europe. I'll just say it right now. Europe is very, very much a uh, super anti-monopolies. And they'd be 100% on board for giving Apple a kidney shot. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we still have all of those NVIDIA stories about how they are trying to help you, but are absolutely not. <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so the Xbox Series FPS boost. We have now confirmed that in a at least five titles, those being Far Cry 4, Watch Dogs 2, UFC 4, Sniper Elite 4, and New Super Lucky's Tale will run at double the frame rate on an Xbox Series series than it would on the Xbox One. And you might be wondering at that moment, why? Why on earth would you go ahead and... uh, Why would it take this long to do it? Just set the settings higher. And this, once again, kind of goes between even though the Xbox and the PlayStation now are virtually PCs, they're not. 
The way you code for them is different, and you, in fact, although it's getting closer, you cannot just turn a, a dial down and have lower quality settings. That's one of the advantages that PC gaming has. On the flip side, though, console gaming, you get a lot more performance out of the specs because it is fine-tuned for that one specific set of settings. Someone in the chat actually did do the work for us. I kind of ranted off off topic about uh, Kingdom Hearts coming to be available for the uh, available now on PC on the Epic Game Store and it's more expensive than on the PlayStation uh, someone actually did go ahead and did the research for that and I greatly appreciate that because I just did that off the cuff the all-in-one package for the PS4 I was actually wrong I thought it was for the PS5 it's for the PS4 is $99.99 so $100 Grand total, getting everything on Epic, if I'm reading this right, and there's a decent chance I'm not, is $229.96. Now, one thing to to note here is that the all-in-one package... Wait, no, the all-in-one package is on sale for $25 and normally sells for $100. And the melody of memories, just don't get it. Just just, just don't. What, whatever story in there is not worth your time. It is currently it's, it's still the latest uh, Kingdom Hearts game. It's on sale right now for $40.19 $40. compared to its normal 60 So depending on whether you want to look at on sale or not, it's either... Better or worse than I said. It's still ridiculous that just the on-PC price is so much more. But at the same time, I get, I kind of get it. It did take significant effort to go ahead and port those games from one platform to another. It's not like just flip a switch and hit and hit export and make an EXE instead of a playstation iso or whatever there is a lot more work to it than just that but that's still out that's it's it's almost a factor of 10 it's silly it's just silly the other thing i'll say is that the all-in-one package selling for 25 for 25 bucks and on the ps4 you have every single kingdom hearts game Every single one. Except for a handful that they still won't port to anything but the DS. And you just get the cutscenes and then you get lied to. For 25 bucks you get everything. That really is saying a lot about the state of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I'd say the only people left on board are the diehards. And that's pretty much it. So with that said, let's move on to uh, yeah. Chat says Kingdom Hearts pretty much died at two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would a hundred percent agree with that. Kingdom Hearts two really was like the last good game of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. After that, it just started becoming a hot mess. 
I actually do know one uh, RPG streamer that actually, he hated Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 3 just because it was, and it was solely for the gameplay on Kingdom Hearts 3. He hated the story across the board. He said it was just, it was utter hot garbage. But the gameplay for him was just like fantastic on, on 3. That was just... A, b- a bunch of really sloppy fun. And I was just like, all right, well, you do you. I hated three. I hated three on a story level. I hated three on a gameplay level. I absolutely hated three. How many times have I gone off topic this podcast? Could I get a nickel every time I went off topic this podcast? That'd be swell. It's not going to happen, though. Microsoft is officially launching an Xbox wireless headset that will have Dolby Atmos support. This is actually going to be very, very, very interesting. Dolby Atmos, for those who don't know, is a sound standard that is... It basically takes surround sound and brings us to a whole new level. It really, really does. Like the whole thing with surround sound is that you had five channels. Center, left, forward, left, forward, left, rear, right, rear, left. Atmos gives a metric ton of channels. Like you can really, you could almost hear like something specifically coming from from a specific direction. It is incredible. And I'm actually very curious to see how... This is supported in games. It's going to be interesting. Almost as interesting as NVIDIA coughing up the specs for the 3060, but um, I'm just not going to care a whole lot about the 3060. Let's be honest. If I tell you right now, there is a new NVIDIA RTX 3060. Do you care? Do you care that there's a new RTX 3000 series GPU? No! You don't! The only thing you really care about is when are they going to actually be on store shelves? Chat says make more 3080s. The thing Here's the thing. Let's actually go a little bit into the details about how GPUs are made. All right. When you make the GPU, when you actually make the chip, you are aiming for you. You go ahead. You make the the. I forgot what they are this time around. Um, what's the actual GPU name? It's like uh, you make the GA one hundred two GPUs, the GA one hundred four GPUs, the GA one hundred six GPUs. 102s are going to be your 3080s and 3090s. And so on and so forth. And then you lock certain capabilities of it or you push them based on what they're supposed to be to reach that spec. If you say make a, G, uh, a GA102 that ends up not reaching the specification to be a 3080... Then it's just put into a 3070 or a 3060 and sold as that and just locked to a certain degree. And it is important I tell you this. 
It really is, because it's going to play a role in a future in a future article that we're going to cover in a bit. But the thing is, right now, is that they're not making these GPUs fast enough to even put on the cards. There is a chip shortage, and production is greatly shorted. The capabilities of these foundries is just not meeting demand at all, and it's either to do with people not being able to work in the factories at all because of the virus TM or the demand is just so high they cannot keep up. Most likely it's a mix of the two. So yeah, there's a 3060. It's going to come out in February February 25th, 2021. It's going to launch at 3.30. JK, it's going to launch at, I'm not even kidding. You're going to think I'm making this up. It's going to launch at 500 euros. They are going to launch from the retailer pre-scalped. That's how bad this shortage is getting. And then, of course, the situation of the scalpers is not making things better at all. And then, of course... You got Elon Musk and the rest of the cryptocurrency crazies going at it and saying, oh, hey, guess what? You can go ahead and have a and a Dogecoin to the moon and whatever. And all of a sudden, cryptocurrency mining is back in, back in. We talked about last week about how cryptocurrency miners are getting to the point of buying up gaming laptops for their cryptocurrency mining. I don't know why it took them that long. From a power consumption standpoint, that made the most sense. But here's where things get even better. First off, a quick note, by the way, uh, rumors of a RX 6700 XT are going to come out on March 18th to a store nowhere near you because God forbid we actually have things we can buy. But now how about this for a follow-up? NVIDIA has announced a new GPU. They call it the CMP. The Crypto Mining Processor. A GPU specifically built to mine cryptocurrency. This sounds great, right? Right? Uh, uh, you know? No problems, you know, you just get, you get one of these, you, you mine your cryptocurrency, that means more RTX 3060s for, for the gamers to buy, they're doing it for the gamers, it's for the gamers everyone, you can tell by my tone I am not thrilled with this, we're gonna get to why that's the case, but let me rant on for a little bit longer, you could get your 3060s, everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be fine, you know what's even better, just for you gamers, we put in a BIOS hack out there so that the crypto mining capability of the 3060 
is going to be cut in half and there's going to be a huge limiter on the on the G, on the RTX and the GeForce cards and this limiter cannot be hacked no never before has anything ever been so unhackable that these GTX GPUs are going to be nigh unbreakable no one will ever be able to hack them ever So therefore, the CMPs will exist, the miners will get them, they'll have no video out, so they'll be basically, well, uh, uh, basically e-waste the moment they are no longer able, the moment they consume more power than they can produce, and uh, yeah, that'll be it, GG, everyone's happy, right? Let me tell you why this pisses me off. So first off, the CMPs are not compute modules made from the ground up specifically to mine GPU-based cryptocurrencies. That's not what these are. They are not ASICs, which are application-specific, and I forgot what the IC stood for. I think application-specific integrated chip, it doesn't matter. ASICs are what made Bitcoin mining basically impossible on GPUs. Because they ramped up the difficulty so hard, because they were so good at what they did, that no one would mine Bitcoin on a GPU. Ethereum, on the other hand is what is mined on GPUs. And that's where the miners keep going. They keep mining Ethereum using the latest GPUs, all right? Cryptocurrency mining has been gotten has gotten so good at what it does that they will go ahead and they will make their own custom BIOS to get just that little bit of extra GPU mining performance out of the cards. They've gone and made their own BIOSes. You know, the thing that if you that if you flash wrong under the card, it will kill the card. That's the kind of dedication it there is to cryptocurrency mining. For Nvidia to be so dumb as to think that their software block is completely unhackable really just shows how completely brain dead they are to the situation. And all the CMPs are, are going to be 3060s and 3070s that could have gamed, that could have been used for research, that could have gone into a supercomputer, that could have gone into a professional workstation, that could have gone into your gaming rig, and instead had its freaking video outports ripped off it so that no monitor can ever be hooked up to it and instead just doesn't get the software cripple onto it. So it will be a GPU that once it can it consumes more power than it can possibly produce in cryptocurrency that it is literally improbable to run and then become e-waste. That's it. 
no other future for these CMPs. At least when cryptocurrency miners went and got a GTX 1080 or a 1070 or a 1060 and mined on those, at least then, when the RTX 2000 series came out, us gamers could go, hey, there's a bunch of GTX 1070s and 1080s on the on the market we could get those but with these CMPs because they have no video out and that's the thing that pisses me off the most the fact there is no video out that means they have no future at all Unless you go ahead and try to solder on your own freaking video out, which, by the way, pretty much no one except for Lewis Rossman at RossmanGroup.com has access to it all. And if you ask him to do it, he's going to say, please go away. I have better things to do with my life. And then on top of that, we're just going to go ahead and just, with software, not forbid... The GPU to live up to its full potential. For those who want to go ahead and buy what NVIDIA is selling, and what NVIDIA is selling is a solution to the shortage. This is their solution to the shortage. This is going to make it worse. Because now all of a sudden a bunch of resources are made to go make these specific CMP ones that are locked in only by software. And now it is guaranteeing a large chunk are going to go out to cryptocurrency miners. And oh, by the way, the cryptocurrency miners are just going to figure out the software anyway, because they always do 100% of the time. And they're going to go ahead and buy up the the 3060s too. This is going to solve freaking nothing. And all it's going to do is down the road when there could have been GPUs, if there's ever another GPU shortage like this again, and say, oh, hey, look, there's all these CMPs out there, but all of them are freaking useless because none of them could go ahead and hook up to anything because they're made as a compute unit and it can't even be used for scientific research to be used for fully at home in the, in, anyway because, of course, the whole blasted thing was locked down by software to go ahead and only cryptocurrency mining, and then if anyone wants to go ahead and make any sort of use out of these stupid freaking cards, they gotta go and do a BIOS flash now, because NVIDIA, in their infinite wisdom, thought they could go ahead and say, it's only for cryptocurrency mining, and all your problems are solved. Screw you, NVIDIA. Screw you. There, was that ranty enough? Literally the worst of all worlds. (sighs) Oh yeah, and then of course, this guy from Reddit wanted to point out that, you know, since NVIDIA has already opened the door to go ahead and gimp your GPU, that uh, they they're that it's currently opening up the door to say, you know what, maybe you don't own your own GPU. You know what, 
he kind of has a he might have a bit of a point i think it's a bit of a stretch but there's something to consider How the heck did NVIDIA go from what looked like one of the most hopeful launches in gaming history to go from the absolute bomb that was the RTX 2000 series, cut the cost of entry in half, and then increase the performance massively to then all of a sudden go... Yeah, not only can you not get this anywhere, but we're going to keep releasing we're going to keep releasing GPUs that no one can buy. And as an added bonus by the way, here's some GPUs that not only can you not buy, but are meant to be as a carrot on a stick for someone who is going to buy them, who's going to buy all those and all of yours anyway in some hopeful half-baked scheme to try and solve a problem. (sighs) Good job, NVIDIA. You have solved literally zero problems. Bravo. So who's excited for the RTX 3060? Who's excited to watch more people rise up against NVIDIA's purchase of ARM? Yeah, more of this is going on. NVIDIA tried to buy ARM. And well, more and more people are starting to realize that, you know, maybe NVIDIA making ARM chips and owning ARM is not a good thing. And, well, Qualcomm is now making more effort to have more regulators say no to NVIDIA purchasing ARM. Well, that's moving forward. On the bright side, though, and uh, Samsung has new HBM2 memory that has a lot of additional performance power, and, you know, HBM2 might be coming back. Maybe it'll be less expensive and more cost-effective. Or maybe it'll just be something that only the highest end of GPUs will ever get, if GPUs ever decide to ever exist ever again. <sighs> Meanwhile, AMD apparently is having their own problems with uh, with making CPUs. According to PowerGPU, which is a small independent uh, PC seller, their story has actually been very fascinating. They're, they're like a, a small little like five-man team building PCs and they're like the only ones currently other than you know the big dogs that actually have RTX GPUs that well actually just in general 
but they have been noticing higher Ryzen 9 failure rates than other Ryzen 5000 CPUs. And they're talking a performance rate of roughly four times in their small sample size. But that's just the thing. It is a small sample size that they're getting these Ryzen 9 5950Xs to fail. So, I don't know. Could There could be there's a uh, a failure problem. Could be a bad batch. It could be nothing. Who knows? It is to point out that PowerGPU is not a big PC manufacturer, so you should always take what you hear from something like that with a grain of salt. But it is something to note so that later on, when there is a problem, you can go back and say, you know what? That might have been a problem. We're going to take our last break here. When we come back, we have some silly stories. Some really, really silly stories, including a farting robot. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and (coughs) sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Valve has gone ahead and banned the developer called Very Positive for their blatant attempt to try and trick Steam users into buying their very mediocre games. I think a lot of you can figure out where this is going. So if you've ever seen a store page for a game on Steam, the order will go pretty much as follows. The title of the game, the developer, and then the ratings. And of course, the highest end is called Very Positive. Well, this developer had a brilliant idea. They're going to call themselves Very Positive... And just say, you know, we're a happy-go-lucky little uh, little developer company here. We're, we're keeping very positive vibes and all that jazz. All you got to do is just stay positive. But the problem is then that you look, you see name of the game, and then very positive and go, oh, well, it's a very positive game. I guess I'll go for it. And in reality, the reviews are mixed 
at best. Good job. Good job. I do love the fact one of their games is just called Emoji Evolution. And the recent reviews are very mixed. But of course, you look on there, you see, very positive and very positive. 10 out of 10. Chat says it sounds like someone who has their license plate as null. That's a pretty good one, too. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the the NASA su- successfully landed their Perseverance rover and actually got pictures back almost the same day. Neat. Anyway, that's, that's kind of the problem with covering space stories on this. There's not much, there's not a whole lot to really talk about when it comes to space. The rover landed. End of story. There's not really a whole lot to talk about on these stories, but it feels like it's still a big story. You still got to talk about it. You know, it's another exploratory rover on the surface of Mars. There's a lot we can learn from it, but there's a lot we don't know now. There's not a whole lot to talk about. So instead, you just talk about it, mention the story, and then talk about how there's not a lot to talk about it. And thus, we move on. Or we could go the super elitist route and just say, uh, Rover on Mars, <sighs> wake me when we have warp drive. Wake me until wake me when and, uh, when Patrick Stewart is the captain of the Starship Enterprise. Anyway, we we now have an update from Nothing Technologies, as they are now the proud owner of the Essential smartphone brand. Essential, for those who don't know, tried making some smartphones that was just the bare essentials, thus the name. And actually made some really good products. They were very nice, very cost-effective phones. And of course, it was the essentials. But now, now that they're owned by nothing, we can now officially have nothing essential. I don't know where it went, but my story involving the farting cat robot is gone. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. I feel kind of bad about it, but it was basically a like $800 robot that was covered in covered in like yarn and had eyes and a tail and it would just fart at random while being while trying to pretend to be a cat. It was a very strange thing that we could very much debate whether it needed to exist or not. I'm pretty sure it was called, um, I'm pretty sure it was made by Panasonic. Yeah, someone in the chat, it's called Nikobo by Panasonic. Someone in the chat says that. But yeah, we were going to include that. I don't know where it went, but you know, that wasn't going to be the last burb. This was going to be the last burb. If you saw this on Twitter, 
You knew I was going to talk about it and how much of an absolute utter fail that this story was going to be. I present to you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Twitch and only Twitch replaced the Metallica opening concert for BlizzCon with generic chill music in order to avoid a DMCA takedown notice. Slow freaking clap. (laughs) And no one at this point is certain why Twitch did this. At the time of recording this, which we're actually recording this a day later than normal. We're recording this on Sunday. Twitch has not come out and said why they did this. The, and a lot of people are speculating, someone in the chat actually beat me to it, was that Metallica was one of the reasons why the DMCA came out in the first place. It is unsure at this time whether Twitch did this as an effort to really just kind of poke Metallica in the eye for what they're now doing with if if Twitch really decided to be that petty. And that's the only way to call that is just very, very petty. And what originally it was suspected that uh, BlizzCon did something, but no, it was only the Twitch side that did this. Only on Twitch was the music replaced. I cannot wait to hear the background story to this. If this really was Twitch just being this petty, or if Twitch legitimately was this afraid. Of getting a DMCA takedown notice from Metallica for having Metallica's own concert on Twitch. It's it that's gonna be a very interesting one to see being defended. Folks, that's gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, please check out the daily podcast, the early burb briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast. It airs every single morning, a great way to start the day, a short four-minute segment that is very similar to this, at least most of the time it's four minutes, sometimes it goes longer, and check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and hopefully we'll see you, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from you next time, we'll see you next time, or whatever. Good night, everyone. Good night. Place your bets now.
What do you think it is? Was Twitch actually a free of a DMCA or were they actually doing it out of spite? There, there's the, or is there another reason? Hmm. There is. I wonder. It does say something though, when in fact, BlizzCon on Twitch had worse music than a half-baked anime convention that tried to hold itself over the weekend also on Twitch. Chat is saying both. I'm not sure how it could be both. I don't know how it could be out of spite and also to avoid a DMCA takedown. I feel like you're doing one or the other. I don't know. It's definitely going to be one we're getting keeping an eye on. What do you want a da-da-da? What do you want a da-da-da? I have not a da what a da-da-da. We could switch to progressive da. Oh yeah. We could switch to progressive and sa. Mkaw. We could sa enough to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to progressive to da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da. Quote da at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.